<clears throat> red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, unique New York. <clears throat> All right, let's go. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, good people, good neighbors, how are you? I hope you're well. I'm doing well. I'm doing swell. I'm alive. We're breathing. Uh, if you're listening, then you woke up another day. So let's be blessed and let's take a sip of coffee. Mm. That coffee is from the CXT Roasting Company from Peoria, Illinois. I used to frequent this place a lot this coffee is from indonesia specifically uh it's more of a sumatra so uh it's darker it's got this like rich dark chocolate uh dried fruit um maybe a little pipe tobacco in there um not too acidic uh but it's just right it's just perfect it's bold it's smooth it's you know it's just perfect it smells of rich mahogany you know a little bit of ron burgundy for you uh on today but um, this coffee, some of my favorite uh, coffee that I can get and that I can make in my Breville Precision Brewer. Yep, that's how we're gonna start this off. I'm so glad that you're back again, that we are back again. I mean, episode four, my dog is looking at me like, I really want on an episode. I really wanna be a guest. I don't know why you haven't had me as a guest. But he is with me every single episode that I've recorded. I don't know why people are listening, but people are listening. So um, I guess we can just keep going. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but my prayer and my hope for this um, is that this podcast has an arc. Um, so it's something that we can kind of look at as this study or not really a study, but a story arc. Um, my hope for it is to have a narrative. And I don't want the narrative to be, oh, my sin is okay. We're all sinful and it's okay. Sin is not okay. My hope is that we come to a place where sin is sickening to us. And when I say we really, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that when I come to a place where sin is sickening to me, that I, you know, I go through such a heart transformation and a, reform, a reformation that I natu my natural inclination is to follow and obey what Jesus tells us to do. That's my natural response in life is to obey and do what Jesus tells us to do. You know, I, my first action in life, my first thought and action is, would Jesus do this? How does the word stack up against this? What weight Will this action hold? You know, listen, I'm a mess and I'm far from where I would like to be. I mess up so much and I've constantly sought actions and steps to do better for years. But when those actions and steps come before the change on the inside, those actions and steps are pretty void of any real character change. We have to look to Jesus. We have to understand 
the more we learn about him and his character, the more we talk about him, the more we read about his character and what he done for us and how he loves us and how he loved us and how he loved people, the more heart, the more the heart will change to reflect your outward actions, right? So it starts from the inside. One of the things that I'm doing right now is I'm reading, I love reading, but I'm reading the book uh, Renovation of the Heart by Dallas Willard. And I mean, wow, I just, I heard, you know, some some uh, people from church talk about this book. I was actually recommended this book from Garrett Laval. Uh, shout out Garrett Laval, uh, who was on the last episode of the podcast, but he recommended Dallas Willard uh, to check out. And, and this was, I think, probably one of his most popular books. Um, so I grabbed this one, also grabbed the um, In Daily Practice uh, portion of you know uh, uh, the book. So um, I'm reading through that, and it's just so packed full of knowledge and insight on what it is to truly be reformed spiritually. And I'm not talking about like reformed theology or anything. Like I'm talking about reformed spiritually. Like what it, what it is, like what, it is, what does it look like to truly be transformed spiritually, to truly be transformed from the inside out. And I feel like for so long in my life, I spent so much time making sure my outward actions and my visible character were pretty and polished and, and you know, I, all of that good stuff. I looked holy and righteous. I neglected the heart of my character. And eventually my character flaws, they, you know, they shone through. Eventually the pressure that had built up of sin weighing on my soul and my heart, it cracked me. It cracked my life. The bad apples were what was hanging from my tree, and it's the bad apples that also affect the people I love. So with that, like I said, I want to envision this podcast as a character arc. Not that I uh, want to do a study on myself. That's not what really I'm talking about. But there are documentaries on character studies of different individuals, and I, I would love for this to to be a character arc, so to speak, of looking back on where this started and where it is going and where it ends up being. Like I said, there are documentaries on, on different characters. I love documentaries. Uh, sometimes I think I love serial killer documentaries way too much. Um, I could just get lost in a serial killer documentary. Um, so I don't know. But one of the documentaries in particular that I'm fascinated with right now is uh, Genius on Netflix. Um, and it's about Kanye West, however you uh, feel about him or think of him, whatever. Uh, but it's just a super intimate look at his life from uh, where he started and the arc of his career and the trajectory of where he wants uh, and is going. And I mean, it's, it's looking at this guy started filming him because he's seen something special in him. And he was like, I'm going to film this guy. <laughs> like, I'm just going to turn on a camera and film his life. And I mean, it starts when he was like 19. And, you know, I'm a huge, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, I'm a huge fan of Kanye. Um, I love his music. Um, you know, who the person is, I, don't, I can't really attest to, but I love his music. College Dropout, one of the greatest albums of all time, in my opinion. I listen to it on repeat a lot um, throughout the year. But, um, you know, he had a specific vision. He had this idea of where he was going to be. My vision is to one day look back and listen 
to this podcast and say, wow, I know where I was when I started and I knew where I wanted to go and this is how I got there. You know, will I ever be fixed? Uh, you know, will I ever be perfect is what I mean. Will I ever be holy and righteous? You know, that's not really the mark and the goal that I want to hit as far as I don't want to be perfect in man's eyes. I want to be holy and acceptable in God's eyes. Uh, that's what I mean by that. But my vision is to live a life um, of purity and integrity. Um, will I fail? Yeah. I mean, have I failed? <laughs> Very much so. But my heart, um, I think, is to glorify God in my life. And I want my first and my natural reaction to any situation, scenario, or circumstance to just be Jesus. That's, that's really what I want. You know, it's funny, um, what would Jesus do? You know, it's so cliche, like so 90s, such an old saying. But literally, we need to model our lives and character to him. My vision is to be a better man, a man after God's own heart. And, you know, it's it's okay for me to be vulnerable and transparent and say that I've really failed at doing that. But the want and the desire is there. My vision is to be the best man that I can be for God and in turn for others. But in this book I'm reading, uh, Renovation of the Heart, he talks about starting with a vision. True character transformation, true heart transformation, it has to start with a vision. You have to have vision. After the vision, then comes intent. And you have to have real intent. You know, I can intend to do something, but if I don't ever actually do it, then my intent wasn't really intent. It was just want. See, I actually love going to the gym, believe it or not. But I enjoy going to the gym. My desire and my want is to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go down the road like three blocks to the gym. Do I? No. <laughs> you know. So we can have want, but with the intent, when we really have intent is when we really actually make it happen. And then after intent comes the means. So the vision, the intent, and the means. It's the means to an end. Right? What can I implement in my life to get me where I want to be, where I intend to be, where my vision says that I want to go? This goes for anything, not just spiritual transformation and character transformation. This goes for anything. Watching the documentary about Kanye, he clearly had a vision. I mean, at 19 years old, he had a vision. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, hey, just give me beats. You're a producer, just give me some beats. He had a vision on being one of the greatest rappers of all time. His vision was music, and his vision was storytelling, and his vision was rapping. And he he actually started making beats because he couldn't afford to just buy beats from producers. So he started making his own beats so he could rap over them. His intent was to be one of the greatest rappers and artists of all time. His intent was to make it. And that saw him making major moves, moving from Chicago to New York and having your beats picked up by Jay-Z. I mean, come on. And then in the end, he found the means to that end. He kept working. He kept networking. He kept writing. He kept producing. He kept making the vision clear. And the rest is history. And in that documentary, I mean, he's one of the most polarizing figures, uh, I think, in this day where he can just tweet something and just be met with so many different opinions and so many different... I mean, people just 
He is so polarizing. It's crazy. But I, I love his music. I like the genius of his music. It's fascinating. I mean, there were bumps in the, along the way for him. There will be bumps along the way in our lives. But we need to have a clear vision. We need to be determined in intent to see that vision come to life and find the means to that end. Find the means to make the vision real. The author um, used this example. He said, you may have a vision to learn a new language. Why do you want to learn that new language? Why do you want to learn that language? There's a specific reason. There's a specific vision in learning that language. Then you have to have the intent to start learning the new language. And then the means are when you start joining classes and when you travel to the country and when you talk to people who speak that language. It's vision, intent, and means. A vision needs your intent, and your intent needs to find the means to that end. So I want to be, um, in my life, as transparent as possible and to never shy away from having the hard combos, the hard conversations, to, to live my life fighting for integrity, even though I have failed miserably already in having integrity. Like I look at my life, I'll be 33 uh, next week, you know, Larry Bird, Jersey, 33, you know, great number, go Celtics. But um, new kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Chinese food makes me sick. All right. I just totally got distracted. Anyway, you know, even though I failed miserably at having integrity so far in my life, it's not too late. Like that's that's one thing that I've really kind of struggled with and just, uh, you know, well, I've, I've felt so much already. Why start now? But my goodness, why not start now? Like it is not too late. I, I tend to look at myself as older than I am. Um, and I tend to think that re really all that I could do in my life is over. And that's really not true. And that's not true for you either. Like you have, may have messed up and you may have made some bad decisions and you may have some regrets. Listen, I have a mountain of regret, but um, I'm working on that and I'm working on moving forward past that. And I'm working on now being a man of integrity, um, fighting for integrity, even though I failed miserably. My, you know, my intent is to strive for purity. Uh, my intent is to revere biblical purity uh, in my life again. And I want to be, you know, I want to not be afraid to discuss purity with other men who struggle. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, guys, it's out there. Like, the struggle is real. Like I know that that's also kind of a, a funny saying. People just kind of say it uh, blindly like it is what it is. But the struggle is real. There really is a struggle among men for purity. And it needs to be discussed. Like you need to have guys in your corner that you can go to and discuss. And don't be afraid to discuss. It. I mean, you're going to be afraid to discuss it. You're going to be afraid to talk about it just because of the uh, pedestal that we kind of put ourselves on a lot of times, uh, and talking about men, you know, the, the pedestal that we put ourselves on, that we're strong and that we we're not weak and in any type of vulnerability is weakness. And like, we can't like now's not the time to do that anymore. I've done that for 30 years of my life, you know, and we can't do that anymore. We can't hide behind this, this strength, um, that we're men and that we're not vulnerable and that we're, that we don't have issues and struggles. Like we can't do that anymore. Like we need to be, uh, strong enough to be vulnerable. 
you know. But um, we have to figure out, I have to figure out what means I need to bring this vision I have to reality. What, what do I need to do um, to strive for integrity? Like, what do I need to do to strive for purity? Like, we need to talk, you know, we need to we look at that and say, okay, what, what are the means that I need to find to do this? You know, and, and I, listen, I don't want a pulpit. I don't want a position. I don't want a platform. I used to, you know, I love music and I write music and music can be a, be a platform. But when I put the platform on a pedestal, then it becomes an idol. And I love speaking and I love doing this podcast. But why do it if my heart is only wanting the platform of it? The platform cannot become what we worship. And in my life, when you ask me what I want from this right now, I can honestly say that all I want is for we as a people to move in a direction that is less legalistic and damning to one another and start where it really matters. And that's the heart. That's where I have to start. I have to begin this by looking inwardly every day, every single day, because honestly, every day is different. Every moment is different. Like you can have this great morning where you're just like on top of the world and you see Jesus in everything. And then later after you come home from work, it's just like, Oh man, you know, but we have to look inwardly every day. So many times I'm so hard on myself and I'm like, why are you doing this podcast acting like you have the answers when you're more of a mess than anybody probably listening? (laughs) You know, I mean, it's valid. It's a valid question, yo. But I also believe that this is my Psalms. If you read the arc of the Psalms, you see a very different David from, you know, and whoever the writers of the song, like you see the writers in very different places each time you read a psalm. I mean, it's like, it's crazy how, like sometimes I struggle with how up and down I can, I can be emotionally just being real. Like, you know, I'm on top of the world one minute, next minute I'm, I'm down in the gutter, you know, (laughs) but like to read the Psalms, and to see the arc and the different and the changing and and all that. These are these are my psalms. Like these episodes are my psalms. This is what I want to look at and say, okay, listen, this is where I was in this moment. These are my ways of almost talking to myself, like like the psalmist talked to himself and said, Why are you cast down, oh my soul? This is my way of documenting my mess and listening to where I'm at and where I'm going and where I'll be. And, you know, it's a journey. It's not a podcast full of answers and it's not a platform for me to get my name out there. It's a journey. And if I'm rambling and sharing my heart and having my friends come on here with me helps even one person, then it's all worth it. And it's fun. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's fun. And this journey will and always, you know, this, this journey has to start. At the center. I'm sorry, my dog was just like staring at me. And like I'm trying to give you a visual. It's like he's staring at me like, what are you even saying? Like you're saying all these words and nothing uh, is directed at me. Anyway, so this journey uh, has to start at the center. And the heart is the center of our lives. It's the foundation. It's where things happen. The heart is the center of it all. Proverbs 
4 and 23, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. I like other versions um, of this scripture as well. The um, New American Standard says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. The New Living says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Mm. <laughs> I think a lot of us can look back and the, you know these past couple of years and we can realize whether it's COVID related, whether it's just life in general related, we've had a rocky uh, few years. I've had a rocky few years. Um, I resigned from ministry. I had some personal issues come out publicly, destroyed my marriage. I lost friends. And I can look back on all of that and I can say, was I guarding my heart? Was I keeping watch over the very center of my life and decisions? Was I keeping my heart with all vigilance? And I was absolutely not. The truth of the matter is I wasn't filtering what was coming in. There was no filter on what I took in. And all of that pressure that built up of just me letting anything in and not guarding my heart and not guarding the very thing that flows out. Bad things came out. You know, I love coffee. Oh man, coffee is just, it is the nectar from heaven. It's the Lord's lava. It's just this amazing and versatile thing that people, I think, honestly take for granted. It's more than just a morning time drink to me. It's a hobby for me. It's more than just about caffeine. I publicly denounce Starbucks because of how little they care for the quality of their product. The science behind what you can do with such a little tiny bean is incredible to me. You take a bean from wherever and think of the endless possibilities just from that seemingly insignificant bean. It's incredible. All of the different ways and things you can make from it is just simply amazing. I mean, just in my house alone, I can make espresso. I can make um, pour over. I can do uh, cold brew. I can do nitro cold brew. I can do French press. I can do um, on the Breville. There's several other, I mean, there's several different ways just in that machine. So there's so many different ways that you can come up with to have coffee from just one seemingly insignificant being. When making a great cup of coffee, water matters. It is absolutely essential in the taste of the coffee. It's essential in the process of brewing the coffee. And I have a uh, Breville Precision Brewer. I promise they're, they're not paying me to talk about them so much. They're just an, it's a, just an amazing machine. But I have a Breville Precision Brewer here that I got for Christmas, and it's an investment, but it makes a gold standard cup of coffee. So that's like the award-winning uh, cup of coffee. It wins awards, okay? It's the gold standard. And to make that coffee, I literally had to check the hardness of my water, that it came with a 
uh, this little test strip and I had to test the hardness of my water that I would use to make the coffee. And if it was too hard, I couldn't use it because one, it would affect the taste and two, it would affect the machine itself. So I bought a water filter to help me neutralize the minerals that would make my water hard. And honestly, that's still not ideal because they recommend all kinds of different processes in order to get the best quality from your coffee to the water to your cup. And I say all of that to say this, what we can do as people is truly incredible. You may feel like an insignificant being, right? But the capacity we have in us to create comes directly from our creator. And we cannot create and produce to our fullest potential if we do not filter what comes in to our lives. Man, when we filter what comes in, then what comes out will be a creator standard product that's worthy to be called holy and acceptable. When we filter what comes in, then what comes out will be a creator standard product. When we filter what comes in, the product will be incredible. The product will be flowing springs of life. So think about that and listen to this scripture again. Guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, filter what flows into your heart and watch what comes out of your life. I have failed at that. But I'm trying to be better at what I'm letting in. I'm trying to be better to what voices I listen to. I'm trying to be better at what I allow my mind to think on. I'm trying to be better at the things I allow influence me in my life. I want nothing more than for my life to be influenced by Jesus and Jesus alone. How he loved, how he treated people, how he forgave, how he accepted sinners, how he truly and unrelentingly chose the outcasts and the downhearted and the broken down sinners to love and to save. If we were all honest, we would be looking at ourselves in the mirror and realizing it's us that needs the change. It's our heart that needs the demo day. We spend so much time trying to tear down everybody else's fixer-uppers that we forget that our home needs the most renovation. We got to filter what we let in. Our foundation has the most cracks. Our hearts are the most deceitful. You know, a, a great artist and philosopher once said, I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It's going to feel real good. It's going to make a difference. It's going to make it right. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make a world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Little Michael Jackson had it right. Whether it was true to what he believed or just some catchy lyrics in a song that somebody wrote somewhere along the way and he recorded it and it became a hit. Whatever it is, it's true. We spend hours trying to change everybody else. We spend time on Facebook and Twitter trying to change everybody else's opinions and everybody else's lives. We forget that we are the ones that need the most changing. <laughs> Can I get an amen? When I was um, pastoring and preaching, I look back on it now and I realize 
I was so preaching at them. I was preaching at them about changing what I wasn't willing to change myself. You know how hard that is for me to admit? That's, a, that's hard. But I, like, I have to strive for vulnerability and transparency. And that hurts me. It's not, it doesn't hurt me that I had to admit it. It, it. it hurts me because they needed the real gospel. And I wasn't giving it to them. They needed the real gospel, not the gospel that I was giving them. Woe to me. Woe to me, the blind Pharisee that I was. We have to renovate the heart first. We have to start from the inside. How, what does that look like? I don't know. It's different for different people. For me, you know, I have to filter what comes into my life differently than what you have to filter what comes in. What, what comes into my heart may not affect you the way it affects me. What comes into your heart, what you let in may uh, be different than what affects me. You know, it's just different for each person. And you have to figure out your filter. You have to figure out what you can let in that affects you. You have to figure out the renovation process uh, of your heart. You have to figure out what steps you need to take. You have to figure out your own means. You have to have the vision. You have to have the intent. And then you have to figure out your own means. We have to renovate the heart first. We have to clean the inside First, too many gospels, too many um, doctrines and denominations focus too much on the outward first and neglect the inside. Listen, I was one. I'm speaking from myself, from my personal self, like personal experience. I was one of them. But there is one gospel and it's the message that God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It will always be Jesus. Your acts and your deeds and your spiritual actions and your noisy and loud preaching and chat, it means nothing if the heart is not transformed first by Jesus. Woe to me. What a blind Pharisee that I was. And maybe still am, but I'm trying to be better. God's still working on me. I just wrote you a new song. (laughs) But don't you think it's important? Jesus talked about starting from the inside out in Matthew. He says in Matthew 23, he says, you blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may also become clean. Woe to you. And he was he was just spitting at him, spitting facts at him. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like the whitewashed tombs which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Jesus really just compared these religious and righteous dudes to tombs. Okay, he literally just like it's like spraying. He, he literally just said it's like spraying for breeze on a dead body. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> he goes on to say, So you outwardly appear righteous to people, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You know, 
there's a part of me that wants to throw this scripture in some prominent people's faces and throw down my flag of justice and say, ha, Jesus told you. But I can't. Because really, Jesus is talking to me first. And I can't throw this scripture at someone else when I would be the target of this message just the same. Really, I'm the hypocrite who beautified and decorated the outside of what was essentially just a tomb. I didn't worry about cleaning the inside that was full of death and all uncleanness. The heart is the center. It's the foundation. And to have a vision, to have a vision means something. But it has to be at the foundation. It has to be at the center. And if my vision is you know, what it is, and I want to be a better man for my future, then I have to make the steps and find the intent to be better and then move towards the means that will bring me to that end. And that journey has to begin with a demo day of the heart, maybe every day, maybe every minute. A wrecking of all of the bad apples and the roots of that fruit. A cutting, a breaking down of everything that was built on a cracked foundation. You know, some sometimes things get destroyed, but the foundation stays and you rebuild on that solid foundation. That's some people just have a solid foundation. But sometimes there are cracks even in your foundation and a complete demo needs done. It could be scary. It's not scary, but it's hard. But we desperately need to check our foundations, what we're letting in. What are we founded on? Guard your hearts with all vigilance. Above all else, above everything else, guard your heart. Filter what comes in and see what that yields in your life, in our lives. Start on your own renovation before trying to tear down someone else's. Listen, I'm thankful that Jesus saved this bad apple. If I'm honest with you, some days I don't feel saved. But I have to stay with the scriptures. I have to stay with God's word and what he says in his word. Some days are better than others. Some days you're going to have great days. Other days you're going to have bad days. But above all else, guard your heart. Jesus is right here with us. He is alive and well. Dig into the scriptures. Learn about his character. Learn about the things that he done. One of the things that the, uh, the daily practice uh, book that's connected to the Renovation of the Heart book tells you to do is take a gospel. Slowly read through one gospel and mark or write down or journal all of the things that Jesus did lovingly. Learn his character and focus on how he loves and how he loves people. 
so thankful that Jesus chose to save this bad apple. I'm so thankful that he chose to die for me, chose to die for you, chose to die for all of us. He became sin. He knew no sin. And he gave us access to the Father that we did not have and could not, can, could not and cannot get on our own. We cannot earn his grace. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He said to me, Cody, you're a good apple. <laughs> and I just laughed. So my prayer is that my tree produces good fruit that is acceptable to God. My vision is that I produce better fruit in my life than I've produced so far. My intent is to make a change and find the means to that end to see that change. To be a good apple. Not because of works, but because of what Jesus done in my heart. I need your prayers every single day. If you need to ever talk to me about something, let's talk about it. Let's let's chat. <laughs> let's have a conversation. Um, and let's really try to move forward as people, as broken people, and see what Jesus can really do with a broken people. True heart renovation. True heart transformation, true spiritual change, true spiritual transformation. Uh, be reformed spiritually. Guard your heart above all else. Listen, find you some good coffee. Find you some good water. Make good coffee. Be good people. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be awesome. Do what Jesus does and did. This, my friends, is the Bad Apples Podcast. And remember, God is good and you are loved. <laughs>